not going to all have common experiences now. We're not even going to have a common view of, of what the Rebbe means to us. But the two things that are most important is, one is important as to which way you're heading to, but another person is, uh, another point is that you really can't do it alone. You have to connect with other Chassidim. Welcome to Homesick for Lubavitch, a podcast where we explore Lubavitch identity in the year 2023. My name is Ben Siafson, and I will be your host. Let's begin. Yeah, so like, like we were discussing earlier, the the point of this the point of this podcast, nobody's paying me to do it. Um, nobody's really asking me to do it. It's something that I'm doing for doing from myself, and also a little bit for myself. Um, is is to really discuss with people the question of Lubavitch identity in 2023. Now, one can ask, first of all, what does that even mean? And second of all, who cares? Right? Like, what's what does it mean? It means that every community, every group of people has a shared, a shared um, sense of who they are and what they're about. And individuals place themselves in that larger story that they all share right um you know so you could go to the largest group people identify as people and then within that men identify as men and so on and so on and so forth until you get to smaller and smaller groups you didn't identify as you right that doesn't mean everybody's exactly the same but it means that every yid identifies with a larger picture the, the obvious emojis and so on um, so Lubavitch also has an identity, or had an identity. I mean, for sure has an identity today. It feels like there was once an identity that was a little bit simpler and more straightforward, and people would right away, um, if you asked them what does it mean to be Lubavitcher, they would say right away what it meant. And more or less people would kind of agree on what it meant. Today it feels like it's fragmenting and falling. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's falling apart, but it's it's becoming more more fragmented. People have their own ideas of what it means um so then the second question is who cares like why do you even need it in the first place and what i what i think is is that i think we need it more than we realize you know uh, to expect every individual to form for themselves from the ground up an entire understanding of who they are and what they're about is asking too much there's a reason why we have these identities. It's not just, you know, what they call social constructs that 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 are that are just for power or whatever the the critics like to say. It, it's what holds people together. It's what gives people a sense of place and a sense of meaning. And so I I feel like there's a, there's a big challenge when that when the identity that so many of us share begins to come under pressure and begins to go its different ways. And so, you know, the goal of the podcast is to is to is to not to necessarily come up with an answer. I don't think any of us have an answer. And I don't know if it's a question that demands a single answer. I think that's the whole point. Um there is no I don't think anybody can give an answer and or claim to speak for everybody. But I think by having conversations where people talk about what it means to them, we can A see how things are kind of going in different directions but also hopefully see the things that bring people together and like what what is the essence that still ties people together 
what are people holding on to? What are, what are, what are people identifying with? What is important to them? Anyway, that was a, hopefully the longest part of the, of the podcast of me talking. <laughs> I did not fly to New Orleans Thanks. to Thanks. talk. First of all, welcome to New Orleans. Benzie. Thank you. And thank you for laying out the, uh, the idea of what we're doing here today. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for, for agreeing to do this. Um, I know I showed up in New Orleans at, to your home, but believe it or not, many people would be reluctant to do it, even if I made the same exact offer and have been reluctant to do it. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. So I figure in, in this, in, in our, in our conversation, you know, a lot of people I've been speaking to before this and the other episodes, um, they're, they're closer to my age. So we're talking about our understanding of Lubavitch from a little bit, you know, from, from, you know, from our, from, Essentially, from a post-Gamal Tamo's perspective, we all grew up. You know, if we were if we were born before that, we grew up after that, and so we see things from a different place. I think it would make sense in in our case here for you to just talk a little bit about what was what was it like to grow up as a Lubavitcher, and just discuss a little bit your childhood, where you grew up, you know, the general memories that you had. Sure. So I grew up in Crown Heights, a Lubavitch family. Uh, I went to Alatera from when I was. As long as I remember from preschool, all through Sherdalad and Zal, you know, till I was 19, I went on Shlachis. Of course, a happy childhood. Always things were centered around the Rebbe. No. And, um, you know, the, my formative years were really the four years in Zal between 15 and 19. You know, every every Bakr who was in Alatayra, uh, so who learned next to the Rebbe, they look at those years as the golden years. Some say it was the puffs of the lamas of the mems. It just depends when you were there. But there was, uh, in those years, when I was in Altaida, from 15 to 19, it's uh, Tafshim Membeis through Memei, so 82 through 85. That was a time where the Rebbe really was, I heard Jessica Greenberg define it like this, the Rebbe was like a Rav with his Talmudim. Every Shabbos, I should say, almost every Shabbos is a Fabrengen. And the Rebbe was seemed like very patiently developing these ideas, and wait, you know, explaining it until we got it, and expecting us to write our comments in the others and complaining how come nobody answered my questions and no, how come nobody questioned what I said. If it's uh, you know, if there's a Gemara that says differently, it was a a a, a relationship with uh, back and forth. But really, in the it, it was good times. It was relatively calm times that Rebbe had recovered from. The events of Lamed Ches, that his health was good, and he was there for us, and we were there for him. And there wasn't even this, there wasn't even dollars, but it was just we were constantly with the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was teaching us like a teacher. I left Anshlutis, uh right after Tishrei Tavshim and Vav, and things took a market change. Then started, you know, it started with the trial with the Svarim, the intensity of the Danotza, and then some other things that were going on in Lubavitch, and then the Rebetzin. The Stalkus of the Rebbets and, and the Rebbe's push for Mashiach. But he needs to have a Rav, someone you can ask besides him for counsel. And things, everything took a great intensity. The Fabrians, the Rebbe seemed much more urgent and intense and shorter and, and getting right to the point. It was a different era. So I was in an era really, in those years, the Shabbos Fabrians would always go till 5 30, winter or summer. You know, winter went straight to Maev. And it was a very, it was, a, of course, the Rebbe demanded from us couple of times a year on Shabbos, never on weekday. The Rebbe would give Musa to the bucket, by the way. Never when it was on a mic. Really? Oh, yeah, always was Shabbos. And often the Rebbe said it shouldn't be the Hanukkah, but all the Bakram had it, of course. 
Um, I remember one Shabbos Hanukkah that I was speaking about. Uh, there's a lack of, of, of not enough connection, and that the Friedrich Rebbe said that Italy was a very disorganized country, and uh, the way it uh, expressed itself once they had this big uh, big event showing off the first uh, the first rail cars. What's it called? The first um, trains locomotives locomotives to go and uh, everybody came with great fanfare and balloons but they forgot to hook up the locomotive to the other cars the locomotive left the station and the other cars remained so the Rebbe said he heard that from the Friedrich Rebbe so the Rebbe said it's you know there's a lot, there's needs to be more connection otherwise Shabbos I'm going to stay in my room and you could be here he said Shabbos Varkim, I have a directive from uh, from the Rebbe de Shemer to Fabring I'm going to be here but other than that so that was very strong words, but it was said with a lot of love. But that was once or twice a year, but there was really a tremendous yachas as pasha as teacher and child, as, as teacher and student. So it was very, it was very uh, wonderful growing up then. Everything was focused around the Rebbe and the Lekas Fabringen. And uh, you know, Shlutis was a very important fact, but it was a very important part of Lubavitch. It was just at the beginning of the Kenusia Shlutim, it wasn't, the Rebbe didn't speak about Chabad houses and Shluchas that much. That only started in the mid-Mems. So it was mainly focused about being in the Rebbe's yeshiva and being the Rebbe's uh, Dalar Amis and buying into the Rebbe's vision and program and learning and Mephtayim and, and so on. It was, for us, for us at least, that was my age, it was the golden years. Yeah. Right. But a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that, in general, people look back on life to their youth as golden years, and certainly if you're going to talk about it in the context of, of the Rebbe, so they passed away after that, so you're certainly looking at a at a time that was that has a lot of nostalgia connected to it. But if we if we if we try to take if we try to go back in time, I wasn't there. Obviously, you're talking about years before I was born. But like for example, in your years, Rebbe, in your years already, the Rebbe had stopped doing yichidus, right? I, I was in Yitidus for Bar Mitzvah. Right, but not for Bachrim. No, the, no right. that's correct. Right. So at the time, I mean, even though like today people would say, well, no problem. I go back to the time where there's no Yitidus. But at the time, was there a feeling of distance of, you know, my father or my uncle or my older brother even? They had direct heroes. Rebbe knew exactly who they were. They, they felt like they were seen. That, was that something that, that was a discussion, of course, because because of Yitidus ending. I think we all believed that the Rebbe knew who we were, who who we are as individuals, and there were a lot of stories to back it up. Um, I think we were more focusing on how would we be if we had to face the Rebbe once a year and give a report to the state of how we're doing, mm -hmm. and you know, with, with the without any uh, you know with, with when you walk into Yitidus, you present yourself the way you are. And we did not have that experience. And even though the Rebbe said again and again that if Fabregan takes the place of that, it's very hard for us to feel that. Mm -hmm. It was something you had to really work on to relate to. So it wasn't so much that we thought that the Rebbe was maybe a little more distant and didn't know us. It was where, where we responding. It's just like now. It's that, you know, the Rebbe is, of course, here with us. The question is how much we, it takes a lot more effort for us to tap into it. You can say the same thing in our days in comparison to the to the days he did this. The reason I'm asking is because, especially on the question of identity, you know, there's no question that so much of Lubavitch's identity, especially with with Derashvi, is very tied in 
to to the Rebbe, right? It's sure. you, you have less. And the, it seems like when you look back in Lubavitch history, the Chassidim had more of their own personal identities. You know, there were these big Chassidim and their stories about them. You had the Fidi Kareba talking about Chassidim, right? right. It was a different dynamic where Chassidim had their identities. They came to the Rebbe once every 10 years. Like the, the Rebbe was a Madrich. It, it's a very different setup. Whereas in Darashvi, the identity is a lot more tied closely around the Rebbe. Like what, what the Rebbe is saying, what the Rebbe is asking us to do. The, what each kufa very often is is defined by the stage in the Rebbe's life, like the way even you just laid it out before, how much things changed with hey Tevis, the stalks of the Rebbe's, and these are personal sure. events in the Rebbe's life, and you're seeing that as a change in your life, right? So that's why I'm asking. You know, it's one thing when your identity is tied to the Rebbe, but there's a personal sense to it. You have a kid that Rebbe tells you to do X, Y. It's not just if the Rebbe knows who you are, but you 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 know what the Rebbe wants from you in that moment, and then you go to a space where your identity is still very much revolving around the Rebbe, but it's it's in a less personal way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So of course, with not having Yichidus, that definitely is something that was in our consciousness. It was not like we were not coming into the Rebbe's room, giving a settle about what, where we are. You know. We we know that Dan Hall used to give in reports, and we know from time to time that ever even in the memes would react to the reports and would uh, and so on. But uh, you're absolutely correct about that. There was a big uh, a big uh, a big focus of what we spoke about and what we felt. But again, it was more from our perspective. Where where are we? Where would we be if we had this? And then realizing that everyone was really trying to drive home that you can be in the same place in the relationship if you work on it. I have, in fact, a good friend who wrote to the Rebbe. He's not a Spitz Chabad. He's a very good friend of mine. Just like he he really uh, sincerely wanted to go into Yechidus. And he longed to have the experience of what the Bakram just maybe less than 10 years older than us had. And he wrote a letter to the Rebbe that he feels that he's lacking Yitidus, and if he had a one-on-one Yitidus, the relationship and his Aved would be greater, and the Rebbe wrote him back a letter. And it's a letter that now is already well-known, and the Rebbe writes to him that, I'm surprised that it didn't come to you, what I've said many, many times, that Yitidus Klolus takes the place of Yitidus, and being that it's in a Beis Aknesis and Beis Medish, it has even more potency for the relationship, and of course, so, uh, you know, a letter from the Rebbe came in the stationery. He wasn't in New York then. He was with me in South Africa at the time, together with uh, Yudi as well. And the Rebbe sent him a letter, like everybody else, with his name, with the Rebbe's signature. And um, so I think the focus was more where, where, where we were in the relationship as opposed to the Bakram that were 10 years older than us. Um, and just an interesting story. A friend of mine heard once, um, and, and I went to check the video, they were bringing, I think it was Tavshim and Tess, they were in the sukkah all night, and the Bachim were talking about this very issue. Does the Rebbe really know? We know the Rebbe cares about us and, and, and what we're doing in our Veda, um, and how we're learning. But does the Rebbe know us personally like 15 years ago when there was Yechidus? So there was there a person from Kfachabad who had just come to the Rebbe for, this was Chalmeit Sukkot. He had just come for Sukkot, and he said, you know, I'm a chassid of the Rebbe, I'm a shliach of the Rebbe, I believe it all, but I, I can't believe that the Rebbe knows me personally as when I went in and I said, you know, here I am, Moshe ben Yitzchak with these and these things. So when he was going by, I saw the video, 
out of nowhere, he, he, it's not a secret, he says his name is Moshe Edri. He was at that time from Krachabad. He was working at Sephalim Lacha. He goes by the Rebbe. Hundreds of people go by. And the Rebbe calls him back. And the Rebbe says, you're Moshe Edri from Krachabad. He says, yeah. And from Sephalim Lacha. He gives him extra dollars, says, to help with the hetzos of your trip. So, uh, so the, but that's the, not. What, but he, but here's a problem. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard these kind of stories growing up, um, you know. And of course, they're extrapolated to after Gimel Tammuz. It's the same thing. Right. The same. The same idea. But that only answers really if the Rebbe knows who you are. It doesn't answer if you know that the Rebbe knows who you are. Right. I mean, it's it's a, you know at the end of the day. Um, the fact, the Rebbe is a different kind of person, right? So by definition, he knows things that you don't know. Relationships work differently. But the point of Yechidus in the past was so that the person, right, the person had his time or her time with the Rebbe and did not have to somehow live up to this essentially impossible standard of Ruach HaKadosh and like, yeah, the Rebbe says that the base medrash is even more potent. But yeah, but I don't feel that, right? I've, the person who walked into the Rebbe's Yechidus room, not every person, but a lot of the people that walked in felt something. Here it's harder, right? So, I mean, th that, that, to me is, that to me has always been, but I, I, look, I'm not really, I'm not looking to be convinced. I'm not looking to, you know, that's, I, I feel like, I feel the more interesting question here for me is, why do you think, uh, why do you think Lubavitch became so focused on this personal relationship? I mean, part of it, of course, is historical that the Rebbe did have these Yechidism with Baruchim on a regular basis, which I don't know if it existed in the past. You know, Lubavitch had become much smaller for a bunch of years, right? In the early years, there was only a few Baruchim in, in, in New York. But why do you, it does seem that and then the, Rebbe had Yechidus with women, which previous Rabbeim didn't have, right, and exactly. so on. It was one hundred percent, right, one hundred percent, and and like and you know people would come in as children, then they come in as bar mitzvah bachin, then they right. come in as bachin, they come in right. as couples. Right. There was so that's for sure part of it, but but there's also the sense where like once upon a not not once upon a time, a generation before that, the Fidikah was talking about chassidim, right? Chassidim are talking about chassidim, and then it seems to just everything just begins to revolve solely around the Rebbe, right? And, and and just even the very thing that we're talking about now, where as Bakrim in the Mems, you're talking about how it used to be that we'd go into Yechidis and what kind of difference that makes, right? That also shows like how much was connected to the personal, it was it's not the personal even, how much was revolved around the Rebbe, as, right? What, what do you think yeah. changed? So... I... <laughs> I'm not the, the big balashkafe here. You know, Rabiel explains the discussion is not an emtsoi, it's not a, a, a means to an end, it's an end in itself, of course, with Aveda, with doing what we should be doing. That's way above my uh, my pay grade to, to be able to explain the hashkaf the, the of it or the hasbar of it. The first thing we see is that the Rebbe focused more on his discussions with the Friedrich Rebbe more so than the other Rabbeim. And what's interesting is, that the Rebbe was much more guarded about speaking about himself. The Friedrich Rebbe spoke about his life and stories that happened to him all the time, and he wrote about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're amazing you know, narratives that he gave over from his own life. And the Rebbe was very guarded, mm -hmm. much more private. 
But when it came to his relationship with the Friedrich Rebbe and his discussions, and if he heard something, like how many times you from the Rebbe? If I heard it from the, the Rebbe Deshver, that's, uh, that's all I need. That's it. We can, you know, that's the, the path paved that we can go on. I, I think the Rebbe spoke a lot more about his kashos than the previous Rebbeim. So obviously that became ingrained in us. And uh, if you want to get into a little bit uh, uh, more mystical things, you know, we talk about Malchus, uh, the, the seventh generation, which of course that we know the Rebbe said we are. And the seventh sphere is Malchus. And Malchus is, uh, we don't have that much on our own. In our own Aveda, there's nothing so outstanding except that we're ready to receive what's coming from higher from us. I mean, it's just where our generation is. Now, the Rebbe, of course, emphasized this is Chabad. Think on your own, do on your own. I mean, from the beginning, from the first Fabring in uh, Yitzvat, right after the Maimer, you know, don't convince yourself anything that anybody's going to do to work for you till the Mashiach campaign. You're going to have to bring Mashiach. It's going to have to be your. You're going to have to say, Admos, I really mean it. There's no question that the Rebbe didn't want. We should just hang on his coattails. There's nothing the Rebbe wanted more than we should have stakes in this project, that we should feel it, we should think it. But all through Miskash, mm. through the lens of Miskashas, I mean, mm. it's, it is the beginning. Um, as far as after Gimel Thomas, for me, for sure, it's a big challenge because when I had to, in, in a way, you know, if I've come Shabbos to Fabringen and be. 15 feet away from the Rebbe, and then once every few weeks say L'chaim, and once every couple of months go for a dollar, you have to keep yourself in check a little bit and keep yourself, it, it's an external motivation that's very strong. And I can't say that I fully, and we could have it now, but I'm not saying that I'm there. It's a big challenge for me. Um, but you have to see, it's just like Lubavitch itself, the Maestas, you know, became apparent after Gimel Tamas that this thing is growing and growing and continuing to grow and continuing to expand with new challenges, which every, every living organism that's growing has challenges, that's self-understood. The same thing you see with the Bakrim. Well, obviously, we have more challenges today in our generation. Every Frum community has it, and we have it, and, and we can't put our head in the sand. We also have a lot of Bakrim that they feel they have, that, that Hiskashas is very important to them. Mm-hmm. Their relationship with the Rebbe is very important to them. Younger Bachim and some older Bachim. And not just from one stream, not just from Detroit or Brinoa, but from various yeshivas in the middle. So there's some, they're, they're feeling something. They're acting they're, they're like, it's, it's the, their, their excitement is to find some new Rishima uh, from the Rebbe, some new answer from the Rebbe, story from the Rebbe. And that's their enthusiasm. And, and it really, it's, it's really real to them. And uh, for some people in my generation, even for myself, sometimes it's a little bit hard to like, uh, you know, you're coming from a zman of Ur and you're getting excited about such a thing. But no, it, it's it's really real for them. I think they're really dealing with with their relationship with the Rebbe. So I'm going to say the proof is sometimes in, uh, the proof is not always in the lab, it's sometimes out there in the field when you see where the Bachim are. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that there isn't that there isn't some emiss here. You know, if 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 I felt that there wasn't something valuable, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that interested to figure out what to hold on to. You know what I mean? I mean it's it, that that's not that's not that's not at least for me the question that that's not for me the 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 pressing the pressing issue. But I mean a couple of things in what you just said. I mean you know, like the idea of Malchus, of course, I heard that when I was in Yeshiva. And, but 
but when we translate that into English, I mean, translate into like reality, um, it goes from being a very beautiful spiritual idea to, if I was to translate to English, I would talk it. I would talk about how impoverished we are spiritually, right? There's there there's there's no. Essentially, what it ends up being is you go from being you know you talked earlier how in your days you felt like you were talmidim tarav, you go from there to being avadim tamelech. Or, or the very best soldiers in an army, which by definition, a soldier in an army is just a number. An army cannot operate if they're concerned about the individual as an individual. No army in the history of the world ever won with that kind of mindset. You have to be ready to throw millions of, or hundreds of thousands of soldiers on the beach and lose a third of them or more, right? That's the definition of an army. That's what makes an army so powerful, but that's what makes individuals so weak in a war or in an army, right? So when you talk about malchus, on one hand, oh, sounds sounds beautiful, right? But when we translate it, 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 it the flip side of it can be very, in other words, disturbing, but but dispiriting. Where, so what does that mean? That means that our generation, um, we basically we have nothing to ourselves. The best we can do is just. Not hang on to the coattails, but kind of what's the word? Right? And it's, I mean, it, it feels like you cannot have it both ways, right? Like, so I understand what you're saying about how the Rebbe himself, um, you know, had an extraordinary kind of iskashus that's very hard to explain and like where it came from, especially that the, that the Rebbe came from a family that wasn't particularly close to the Fidik ever, right? Like, that, that was the history. There was a little bit of friction there. And the Rebbe didn't go to Tenchit Mimim, and it was much later on in his life. Maybe that's the reason. Who knows? But and the Iskashos is definitely very different. If I could, I could give you anecdotes sure. just to, to get... So the Rebbe's, father, the Rebbe's father and the Rebbe's family, I don't know if friction is the right word, but, uh, you know, the, the Rebbe says about his father, he was the greatest chassan of the Rebbe Rashab. Right. Of course, we understand with the Friedrich Rebbe, uh, it was a little bit of a different situation at Kashom. We don't understand, but there's things. And why the Rebbe didn't see the Rebbe Rashab even until he was 18, and why the Rebbe didn't go to take to him, whatever it was. Um, Avram Mayer used to come here often, by the way. He used to. To New Orleans. Yeah, to New Orleans. He used to raise money for the yeshiva and he used to come. And Zelik, uh, in fact, is an anecdote one time, by the way. He was, there was a Mardi Gras parade and he was leaving Zelik Rifkin's house where he went to eat and he was going to the place he was staying and he passed by the parade and he actually got a prize for his costume. <laughs> you know, the way he looked with his beard. And his... <laughs> so, but anyway, Zelik told me that he once told him, he said, you know, that he, has, he had a little bit of a different way of, of, of thinking of things. He says, I'm trying to figure out the Rebbe, obviously such a genius and a going Elam with a whole philosophy and a shtel when he came to Friedrich Rebbe. And who was he taught by? His father. Goin ha-goinim. Tzaddik among tzaddikim. And the Rebbe was very connected to his father. And, and, and he, in other words, he didn't come as, he didn't come as Sfiris HaMalchus to the Vedic Rebbe. Right. He was a complete uh, tzir. And something happened where he connected to the Vedic Rebbe and became completely bottled, like the biggest chassid without any, in the place of the Vedic Rebbe's even a hunch. That's, you know, a, 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 a half a minute by the previous Rebbe's, by the Rebbe, you know, a command. He was just saying, he said, what happened? He sometimes, you know, imagines himself, what happened? That the, the whole tzir that the Rebbe had, which was so important to his identity even later, but somehow everything was put aside to be a chassid for his kashas. I'm just adding that in when yeah, you put into that. 
Oh, it's good to know Baruch Shikavanti. It's good to know. Yeah. That. It's good to know. I mean, even with all the family, yeah, your, fam- back your, in the your day, families didn't always get along. That's I think I that was all, all I, in good spirit. I think at this point, at this point, we can we, all we, move on. I think so. I agree. <laughs> a big, bigger fish to fry. That's right. Um, but I so look. My question is not if it's right or wrong. Like you said before, it's above my pay grade to decide. What should Iskashos look like? What is it, Bechal? What is it today? And what was it 100 years ago? That's not the question. And anyway, we're not going back in time. So it's, right. re- it's kind of irrelevant. Right. Right. But the question is more, what does that mean? Right? Because we can dress it up in fancy Kabbalistic language. And I'm not suggesting that people are doing that to lie or to be deceptive. But there is a, you can very quickly make a, a nice spiritual explanation to it. But I think we also have to face the reality that there's a flip side to it, which is as as the focus is turned more and more to the Rebbe and, 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 and your your identity of a Lubavitcher is connected more and more to your relationship to the Rebbe as opposed to your own Aveda and your own tear and your own your own personhood, it does seem like that would lead to people becoming more part of a group that's surrounding the Rebbe, like an army around the general and less individualized, less realizes individuals, and more impoverishes individuals, spiritually speaking. And then the question becomes, where does that lead? So there, there is, obviously, that's a lot of strength. Hiskashas is a strength. And, and the focus on the Rebbe, we're talking about, if it, maybe to some people it's a crutch, but for most people it's a strength. But it does lead to certain places that are challenging or even problematic. For example, for those that emphasize, I, I have no problem with a, a parent or yeshiva focusing on the goal of all this. We should be the Rebbe's mentioned, be a shliach, and that's. However, when we 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 make it that that is the only model of Lubavitch that is making that's um it's, it's putting the Rebbe in a box that the Rebbe uh, did not I, I think want to be put in. Not that, believe me, I'm very proud that our four married children are in Shluchas. And I'm sure they heard it even openly, but certainly, you know, they felt it, that that would be wonderful. But uh, they, they never heard from us that this is the only way. Mm. Because the Rebbe is a very, has a very, very big, uh, a very big tent. Mm. And it's real. There's no first tier and second tier. There's the Shluchas to bring Mashiach. And in the Shluchas to bring Mashiach, it's a special privilege to be a Shluchas. But everybody has their role. And otherwise, the fact that the Rebbe told some people to take other paths is significant. And even more significant is the reality. The Rebbe is not the Rebbe of half of Chassidim or third of Chassidim. Everyone has their place in Lubavitch and in this mission. And there's only first tier. Is it a special privilege to be a shlich? Yes. Is it a nachas for me that my kids are a shlich? Yes. But if my child would be a tzidosh balabas with a mission and everything like that, that and, 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 and the Rebbe is, what the Rebbe wants is really at the forefront of the consciousness. That would be, that, that's not, that, that, that this, these are Siddim that are completely in tune, in tune with the Rebbe. And then there's all kinds of other expressions. You know, there are some Siddim. The fact that it's, Lubavitch is so diverse probably shows that with all of this kashas, I'm not sure if this is purely what the Rebbe had in mind that it needs to be Chabad. And we have to use our own seichel and midis, and we, we have to take our own initiative, and it has to resonate with us. Uh, maybe we've we've gone very broad, okay? But but the general idea, yeah, you know, for some people, they're maybe they're not doing chitas and rambam, but you know what? 
if somebody offends the Rebbe, puts down the Rebbe, boy, they're going to take it personally as if you offended their father. Or just how proud they are of the Schlitzes enterprise, as David Chase used to call it. Or they're, they're going to send their kids to our maestas, Or whatever it is. Or they're going to give stuck in the way the Rebbe said to give. There's many, in other words, the Eskashas to the Rebbe does take many forms. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and, 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 and that also shows that we haven't lost our individuality completely. Discussions is to pick ourselves up to a higher ideal, to be connected to the Rebbe, but as the Rebbe wanted, it should be each person and each community according to where they're at and according to their, you know, their personalities and, and their, their talents and their Shei Hashanah if you say. So there is, within, within Discussions, there's many different ways it takes, it, it takes you know, it takes shape. And it, what would you say is, you said if your child wasn't on Shlichus and they were Chesedah what would you say would define them as a Lubavitcher? Because when it comes to Shlichus, Shlichus is almost, in the question of Lubavitcher identity, Shlichus is a cheat code, right? Is a what? It's a cheat code. It's like, it's an obvious answer. I'm right. Shliach, right. Like, period. End of story. Right. There's right. Shlichus before Gilan Thomas, there's Shlichus today. Right. My whole life revolves around doing the Rebbe's mission. Right. It's, the answer is clear. Um, Right, but once you're not on shlichus, what would you say would define someone as as a as a Lubavitcher Chassid today? So I, I'm a little bit of a disadvantage because I don't live in an Anash community, and it's not my uh, it's not something I'm busy with every day. There's like the shluchim that have hundreds of of Anash. So let me frame the proximity. question differently. What would you said you would be fine if one of your children was on Shlichus, but was a Chassid what, what does that mean? What does that look like to you, that, that image? I, I made it very clear that it's a great nachas for us that had children on, on, on Shlichus, but if it was a person that for whatever reason he, he was working, and he, obviously, if it manifested himself that he's doing at least a Pechambam and Chitas, and, and he goes to Fabrengens and he visits the, and, and they visit the oil many times in the year, and they send their kids to Armistice and things like that, then... It's not a question. I mean, the, the, the Rebbe is directing their whole life. But I think that there's, there's different expressions of that as well. You know, we, we have this term of um, uh, look, Lubavitch is a very broad place. There's a lot, a lot of different kinds of people. Like every from community, we have a, a segment that the system's not speaking to them. You know, they're checking out. And that, system's, and th- and that segment's not getting smaller. It's very painful. It's actually very scary as a parent, as a shlia, as a Lubavitcher. Now, the fact that every from community is dealing with it is a chatzi nechama at best. Tzarav um, nechama. Right? Okay. So, so it, 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 it at least tells us that it's not, it's not something that we're doing wrong, but something we all have to address. It's serious. And for sure, mm-hmm. if there's something that's not giving the Rebbe rest, it's these, these kids that are, 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 are not, the system's not speaking to them at best. And we know in, in, in my days, if somebody checked out of the system, uh, maybe this is stereotypical because it's, it's it wasn't 100% then either. Often it was a person that was having issues with their parents or their parents were either not, uh, not loving enough or trying to shove Siddishkeit down, the, down their, their, their throats. And today we understand that it's, a, it's totally not the situation. I mean, the so best loving. Some people understand that. Some people claim punk the opposite, and I agree with you. I, I see many loving, normal, well-adjusted families where th- this is the reality of, of today. It's a scary and painful reality. And um, I, I went all the way to that very painful thing because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, my head's not in the sand. You know, when I see 
when I check in on one of the Chabad websites every few days, and I see this uh, 20-year-old Lubavitcher suddenly passed away, it goes through my mind, was it, op- was, was it a, a drug? Was it an overdose? Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it something that they took their own lives? And, and what's the difference? The pain for the, yeah, yeah, it is because the, uh, the pain for the parents could be even more because they start second-guessing themselves, mm-hmm. which is we know today that's not, not, not true, but that doesn't matter. Right. What the truth is, so so we have that aspect as well, and the Reb is not resting, and we can't rest. But that is one very. Ex- it's where the world is today. It's not where it was twenty years ago. It's not where it was fifty years ago. But you have so many, so many grades of people in the system. They're in the Rebbe system. It expresses itself in different ways. I had that's the anecdote I had. I was in uh, Tel Aviv for a Shabbos this summer. Gosh, I, I met you on the airport on the way. Yeah, it could be. I came when I landed in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Atlanta I was on the way airport. back. I think I was on the way or on the way back. You're on the way. Remember. You're on the, the way, way there. Okay, you remember. So uh, I was probably I could, rushing I, to my plane. <laughs> no, you were. You were not coming off an international flight. Okay, <laughs> you were coming. I didn't look like a zombie. Yet. No. So, so I spent Shabbos in Tel Aviv, and you know, there's a lot going on now in Tel Aviv, but that's for a separate discussion. What what I experienced at Shabbos, but I was in a place called Chabad of the Coast. Very nice place. A lot of young Americans or young from uh, English-speaking people from different, different, diverse groups coming there. Maybe a couple of hundred young people. The Shulchan are doing a great job. There were also at least twenty, at least twenty people from Lubavitch, you know, men and women who were people who had struggled with the system, had gone out a little bit, and somewhat come back. They come there regularly. They feel at home over there, and it's wonderful. So I was there the Shabbos before Gimel Thomas. So there's one, one fellow and his friend. His friend is in Yerushalayim. They were both in the army together. His friend is with the Kapata, and he's, he's definitely with the program. They were in the army. He, he told, as soon as we sit down, they, they came to speak to me because they want to hear a shliach. What a shliach has to say, the Shabbos before Gimel Thomas. Already he's, so the one, t- so the fellow who, who lives in Tel Aviv says, you know, I just want to tell you, I'm not Orthodox. Uh, I, th- I think he said, I'm not, I'm not from. I just want you to know. It's very, so uh, we're having this beautiful conversation. This beautiful conversation. Then the friend from Yerushalayim, who's obviously with the program, says, "I just want to say one thing about my friend. He says he's not from, and and that's true, but you should know that it's already seven years that he puts on film. Every almost I don't know, at least almost every day, and it's already uh, two years that he comes here almost every Shabbos. He said, and and he, and, and the fellow from Tel Aviv said, yeah, I can't go two weeks without being at the Chabad house here.'" And so he's not, you know, just keep that in perspective. He says he's not from, but... Uh, so then this fellow from Tel Aviv tells me, this young Lubavitcher, he says, yeah, truthfully, I'm not as non-Orthodox as I was seven years ago. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah. So we have, we're very, very... Uh, there's a lot going on on a lot of different levels. And those who, who can see, feel that Ebba's uh, avat, everyone can, can appreciate that the... I mean, the, again, these are off already. These are areas of with people that are that had trouble with the system. Alas, kamvakama in the system, you have all kinds of uh, groups of people who they, they might not be shluchim, and they might the the shirt that they're wearing might not look like mine. But that's come on. These are these chassidim. They come every Shabbos to shul. They have some lachaim. They want to know what it means. That's the Shabbos before Gimel Tammuz, or how do you get ready as Lubavitch of Rosh Hashanah? And there's a lot, there's a, 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 there
but it's taking a lot of forms, a lot of, of individuals, and especially of, of niches, of groups in different ways. So I, but, I see the cup as more than half full. No, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, tr I'm not trying to push you into a pessimistic corner. And the of truth course. is, as I get older, you know, um, a lot of people, at least for me, per, people that knew me predicted I'd get more pessimistic, just based on my personality. <laughs> and the truth is, I, I, I get less pessimistic because I think a lot of pessimism comes from, comes from expecting too much or, or, or wanting too much. And so you're, you know, you're inevitably gloomy about that happening. And then you realize, well, life is a little bit more complicated and maybe your, your ideals or what you like idealistically is ridiculous to begin with. You have to understand there's more at play. Um, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But I'm not trying to, I'm certainly not trying to push sure. into a pessimistic corner. The question though is, I didn't feel you are. So. Okay. <laughs> Good. The question though is, um, you know, where does this lead? Because as people really fragment and you say like, look, you know, here's a Lubavitcher who, his, his, he still has a shaykhus in some form. We don't really understand it necessarily, but something is pulling him back, you know, something's pulling him back to come to shul. Uh, this person doesn't keep kosher, but he, he still feels a connection to something he learned in yeshiva. I mean, there, there are all kinds of right. different shapes. There's, certain, there's no question that, from what I can tell, that even 30 years ago, someone left, they pretty much left. It was the, the door was more one way. Like once you walked out, it was very hard to come back in, and you walked out with more of a, with more of like a conviction that I'm not, I'm not part of this anymore. Whereas today, for good or for, or for worse, people are, people are. You know, I don't have to leave entirely. I could leave part of it. I could still stay. I could keep some connection. I could, yeah. You know, so, so things are certainly more fluid. Like they, like, like they, like to say, uh, you know, more, more fluid. But where does that lead? At some point, that that makes it harder and harder to say what does it mean to be a Lubavitcher? Because, well, if that person's a Lubavitcher and that person's a Lubavitcher and their lives look so so different. What does that word mean, right? So I feel like the only thing that you could say is, well, they both go to Lael once, once, at least once a year, right? or they both love the Rebbe or something like that. But that leads us back to our earlier question. Is that really an identity, or is that just holding on to the Rebbe's identity, right? That's a great question. Um, definitely, you, you know, in the, in, the, in, the golden, in the golden era, in the good old days, so wherever a Bachar learned, he ended up in seven seven, and so so there was that common thing, you know, the last few year, the last year or two as a Bachar, you were in seven seventy, or you went through the same uh, similar situations. Um, today, it's not necessarily the case. It is. That's a great question where it leads, because on one aspect you can say, what do we all have in common? On the other hand, you know, the Rebbe, nobody was as clear about so many issues as, as, as the Rebbe. And although probably need to be a baini of Tanya to be able to live up to every one of those, you know, to make a suffer, to increase in something good at each time and they suffer. But if we're generally trying to take direction from the Rebbe's life, and like the Rebbe would always say, if we're moving forward, then that is a very active connection to the Rebbe. 
And hopefully, and one has to realize that they do have to connect with other chassidim. You're right. There's a lot of, it, it, we don't, we're not going to all have common experiences now. We're not even going to have a common view of, of what the Rebbe means to us. But the, the two things that are most important is, is uh, one, one is important as to which way you're heading to, but another person is, uh, uh, another point is that you really can't do it alone. You have to connect with other chassidim. Other chassidim on your level, other chassidim a little bit more inspired. That's why you have a Rav, a Chaver, and, and other chassidim that are maybe not as inspired as you. Everybody needs to to be part of, of some kind of community. Um, that's what I feel. I feel it's really important. And and you know you have today with the I I love the class shoals and Kranites. I think it's a great thing. Really? Yeah, why? I do think because again because it gives every a lot of people that would slip completely out are part of a community. They have friends that they say lachaim with, and uh, many of them come for davening. Not all, <laughs> but it 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 gives them a sense of belonging. Uh, you know, obviously, if we didn't have this and people were in larger places or in different places or mixing with older chassidim or some more people in 770 or by the oil on Shabbos, would there be advantages to that? Yeah, but I think on 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 the on the on the whole, it's an advantage. It has a lot more people involved, and you see, because when I'm in Kranites, I often daven at these shoals. You see the camaraderie, and that goes a long way. And you, and in some way, the camaraderie is connected to our identity as Lubavitches. It is different. It's not the same. Not only because L'chaim is there, it's not the same as in other communities, you know. And yeah, there's no question. There's no question that there, there's there, there's something holding people together. A lot right. of it is social. A lot of it is a shared family, shared families. We know each other growing up. Right. Um, but there's 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 so many layers to that. Some of them are more, let's say, substantial so substantive than others. But there's certainly a lot of connective tissue there, and 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 a lot. Of, that's why a lot of people hold on to it, even if they feel less and less compelled to for, let's say, religious reasons, but they feel like for a social reason they want to hold on to it. Right. But, let, let, if, but, if, but, but yeah. that, that, that's true, 100% true. But there are also a lot of people in, in this situation who are not so involved or in, in their, you know, they don't look at themselves as someone who's like uh, either you call them or somebody who's like motivating. But today more and more people are are are, are Going to cl- even from Anash, going to class once a week with their friends, hear what they've said, or want to hear a vort, want somebody to come to Fabring with them from Yemi the Pagra. You know, it, it, it the, the connection is one where there, it's not just social. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm saying this as really someone from a distance, so I might be off. I, I want to add one other, sure, go no, for no, it. No, 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 go one for other it. perspective which we didn't bring up, and really it's, it's very painful and it doesn't have to be elaborated just to mention, to be mentioned here. One of, and I don't feel you're directing me in a, in a pessimistic way at all, but part of my optimism also comes in because after Gimel Tammuz was a very traumatic time for us mm-hmm. on many, many levels. The split in Lubavitch was real. It was intense. It was almost total. And, you know, some of the, some of the remnants of that, that affect us all there. By that time, it was very, very difficult. It looked almost as if it's uh, splitting apart. And, uh, you know, it started with the Mashiach issue, but we know it was... It was not that was not the only issue. And we also know they didn't start with that. There were fights before. There were fights before. You know, pretty I, much I want, along the same identical lines. I want to mention your Zayda and and one thing that Avram Shemtov, of course, um, a speech he gave, and uh, you know the Rebbe made him the head of uh, the most important club organizations, and he doesn't come with a whole uh, organization like some of the other leaders. He doesn't have a whole infrastructure. But he has, uh, the Rebbe 
of course, knew what he was doing. I'm going to tell you a speech that he gave that really was very, very, a, a moment of almost turnaround in Lubavitch. We had a very big split, and among the Meshachist group, there were some who were very, uh, I identified for many years as a Meshachist. <laughs> and, um, and I'm not sure I still had conversion therapy. I still, you know, you know, it, 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 but there were definitely, there were a lot of excesses and a lot of excesses that had a lot of repercussions for consequences for Adasah Hasidim. There were some people that were out there. And then at the first few years, together with the split in Lubavitch, when there's such a strong split, your opponents see the opportunity. So there was a very strong movement to ban, and only Lubavitcher that will clearly state what his opinion is on this issue can be a shaitan, can be a mashgiach, he can even talk to, can be considered for a minion. That's gone now completely, but there was a lot of pushback. Yeah, I remember. I'm old enough to okay, remember. Okay, you're old enough to remember. got it by Kinesar Shlochim. And we know that Yezeda was personally supportive of the Vader Bani Chabad uh, uh, announcements of, of what's correct to do with the Rebbe and what things are not correct. And they were, they were very clear, even if they didn't put it in every newspaper, they did, they did in some, of, of what they thought of those who were very, uh, th- those who were very radical. Yezeda got up and he directly re- responded to this call of these people and he said, we'll deal with it internally. We don't need you to dictate to us as to who's a Lubavitcher and who's not a Lubavitcher, who's a Frumiyid and who's not a Frumiyid, who can be trusted, uh, whose who's wine you can drink and whose wine you can't drink. We'll deal with it internally. We can handle it. Lubavitch is, 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 can, can deal with it. And I think, you know, you never want to give too much importance, and, and it's not about a single speech. Some of the ex- excess still you know, it could be on, on different sides in Lubavitch, but compared to what it was, we're much more one movement and one family now than we were in a revealed way, in an open way, than we were 30 years ago. And I think that was, a, to me, that was very comforting. We're not going to go into a civil war in public. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to just take a third of Lubavitch, or 40%, 50% Lubavitch, say, you're out, we're out, you're in, you're in. We're going to deal with this, and we're going to grow, and we're going to build. And we're not always going to agree. We're not even always going to agree on, 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 you know, what's what's acceptable or not. But we're gonna we're gonna persevere. We're gonna build. And I think, uh, I think we've made tremendous strides in that regard. There's uh, a lot less division than there was. I'm talking about in a global about scale. I mean, almost there was mm-hmm. there was different moistures and. Different yomim tevim that they kept, and different everything was like it was like, it was like so crazy. That's not there now anymore. Yeah, families didn't marry each other. Uh, right, families didn't talk to each other. Like you said, I think we've moved on. Like you said before, yeah, for the right. most for the most part. For the most part, I mean, time time does heal. Time right. does heal. Oh, and I think you're. I I think I can agree with that. That that on on certainly on 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 that level, on that level. Um, a lot of the the reasons for division have seemed to go away, and people are you know fart this guy is somebody I identify with right um so why would I look at why would I look at that 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 other stuff and in terms of a common identity that's probably not probably that's certainly a hopeful thing correct um yeah i i i i, I it's cer- it's certainly it's certainly not gloomy, but i think i think Look, I I don't want to I don't want to keep on going this theoretical direction of of what I, what this identity will will end up being because we don't really know none of us know, but let's 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 circle back for a little bit 
um, to what it was, to what it was, because, and let's try to demystify it a little bit. You know, it's very easy to say back in the day in 770, the gold, the golden years. I'm not saying that, that I, I don't believe you that that's how you feel, but in the time we're, you know, I'm sure there were ups and downs. Of course. Tuesday was Tuesday. Wednesday was Wednesday. Of course. You know, you, you you mentioned a line a line earlier that that you know to 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 listen to every hero of the Rebbe and to follow every hero of the Rebbe is is like is impossible because Rebbe expected so much. I heard a story. I don't know if it was about you. It was it was a story of Masech Shavuos about you? Like two no. days before Shavuos. Who was that about you? Who was that about? You know who? That was what's the story? Tell us about about the Rebbe talk saying to learn Masech Shavuos for for. A, First year summer, and like a, and like a couple of years, a couple of days before before Shavuos, two Bachrims hadn't learned it. It was not me. <laughs> was it? I don't know. You you heard the story. Yeah. So what's that? Uh, so, now, what's so, the, so now I remember coming punchline? to New Orleans. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I I think, but I th- I heard I heard a story from somebody. It was about a nemesis, but there's only you and your brother, right? Yeah. And your other brother's older. Yeah, it's not. It's so, probably not him either. But. Maybe the story never happened. Okay. Well, what's the story? <laughs> no, that happen. the never said to learn Masechta Shavuos. With a First couple of Amer, and it was only a few days before Shavuos, okay, so and? a couple of Bachram sat down and learned the whole, like two Bachram sat down and learned the whole Masechta in two days, three days. I think I heard about you, so maybe the story never even happened. Or maybe it's about another Bachar. But to me, that was just an illustration of, of like, you know, there's sometimes everybody would say things where it's like, I mean, there are stories where things did seem like, like We have to print a, a Krach of the Kutusichus in three three weeks, right. and or do this. I mean, you talk. You brought up my grandfather. I mean, the stories I heard from him about Washington D.C. Like, do this, do that. Like, seemed impossible. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, it, and, and sometimes they were. <laughs> Those stories get less pressed, but sometimes it didn't happen. Um, you know, or the person wasn't able to make it happen. But what was it like? What was it like to? Because I was reading the other day a letter from. Nechama Greisman. There was a book printed of her, of her, of her writings, and most of it wasn't exactly stuff that I was interested in reading, to be honest. But there was this one letter that I think, I think she, it ended up getting published. I don't remember, but she was hesitating to publish it or not because she didn't want it to seem like she was being negative or fetching. But she was like, it was almost like a letter written to the Rebbe, but written in a magazine. Where like, I wish. Yeah, I'm I'm a mother giving birth to a bunch of children. I have a large family. I, as it is, I'm overwhelmed. Now I'm pregnant, and then on my way to the hospital, my husband tells me about a new mitza, and like, can I have a moment, please? And would there, it would be so great if they would tell me when I can take some time, off. time off. And I was like, yeah. So like, people people were I think people were not angels back then, right? So what was it like back then? Just I, I'm trying to see how I could frame it as a question, like, like. Describe a little bit. Describe a little bit. Maybe the tension between being a regular bacher growing up. Your son's a bacher in seven seventy now, so you have a reminder of some of the of some of the you know the 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 limitations of a bacher, and this figure of a rebbe who's demanding so much. What was that like? So. I, th- I think the main tension, if you're a chesidah which I probably was considered chesidah whatever that means, the main tension really becomes when you get married and you go out into the world and you have to accept. It's not only for your work; you you you, know, you come part of Elam Haz a little bit. It was very clear that Rebbe's vantage point is Eneid Mulvadei. There's only Hashem. You know, you're not created only to serve 
Neighbor, I mean, when you hear the Rebbe saying, it's not a of you're created to serve Hashem. You're not here other than to serve Hashem. Again, only hear it, and, and you hear that again and again, it becomes, uh, it's pretty absolute. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and you hear, you know, the Rebbe never took a vacation. Is it under our level? No, but, but, you know, every second has to be used. And of course, we don't live up to that. And we have a Yitzhara, et cetera, et cetera. When you get married, then you start realizing that, of course, these are all truisms, but you have to do certain, you know, part of your Avid Hashem has to be to take care of yourself, to take care of your family, to relate to other people. Tzitzara. which so, so that's where the tension really comes in. There was no, so, there was, one second, I have to interrupt you. There was no, there was no tension as a Bacher. Like looking back, there was, there was no tension. There was tension maybe that we, that I fell short of this ideal, but the ideal, like, like how do you do that? There was no like tension that ever expects me to learn Nigla, Chassidus, and, and there was spoken such, like, I remember there was this crack we had in Yeshiva. I forget, do you remember what it was called? Maybe it was what probably was, after your days. That one. It was like all the Rebbe's errors to Bachram, but like, but completely just taken out of context, yeah. but completely taken out just of context, a just the errors. So, like, there'd be, let's say there must have been a whole sikh about learning, and then at the end there was said that every Bachram should. Learn all around, yeah, or or no, like like a, a bachur oh. who doesn't know shas and teisvis <laughs> is a bizoyan on their beim, and you get it like in a line, but like it's a line between that and knowing the whole shagasariy. Like, I don't know. So, so you could say there was tension. Um, there were very great expectations. Maybe there was some tension. The Rebbe at the same time always was uh, so fatherly and so loving, and. Uh, you know, you felt very uplifted around the Rebbe, even with your imperfections. You came to Fabrig and you came out feeling uplifted. Whether you know that week you didn't uh, live up to, you just each week we tried to do at least what the Rebbe said the week before. And there was some tension because you couldn't even sometimes uh, live up. up to that. But if you made a genuine effort and you um, and, and you came the next week to Fabrig and you were uplifted again. So it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to say, you know, th there's no question that it's a very absolute, uh, Chabad is a very absolute hashkafa. It's a very total hashkafa. It's accepting of everyone. It should be metanemis, really have avas and see the milas, see the qualities and the goodness and the milas in each person and the goodness and everything. And, and, and at the same time, it's pretty intense philosophy. It's pretty total. Yeah. So there's always going to be tension. And, uh, if especially, I, if especially I, the Rebbe's philosophy. Yeah, yeah, no question. So if, if a Baka was a little bit nervous, there were some Bakram that were a little bit uh, nervous just because of that. So that's Taka, that they needed to <laughs> relax a little bit. See, you see, today, I think the Hanahol Seishiva... But how did you... But I, I think it's a very important point because it, it has a lot of ramifications to today. How did you... It's Because on one hand, it's much easier. I'm a Lubavitcher. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a Bakr, but the Rebbe's here. I, I do what he says, so no. it kind of gets covered up. But there's a tension that you have to deal with, which I think people have to deal with today as well. Part of the challenge of, of identity today is, is if because so much of the Bible's identity is tied up to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was so absolute, right. is a second that I don't live up to that. Even the dogma we were talking about earlier, the Rebbe at the end of the day wanted everybody to go on shlichus. That's what he, as you said, that's what he, what he wanted. Right. Obviously, he understood that not everybody's going to go, but that's what he wanted. So we're already, the bar is up here. Shlichus sure. is whatever wants. If I'm below that, I can naturally feel already that I'm, you could say that I'm not second class, but I, you can understand why someone says, you know what, 
I've already let the Rebbe down. For sure, not second class. I said not even second tier. Uh, okay, but say second there, class. No, call them no, no, but I'm just saying, like, I, you, for you, sure, the line, the, the bar is so high that it's so easy to to kind of sag beneath it, which of course opens up a, a Pandora's box of like, if I already let let him down or let it down, who cares, right? So it's an important question to today. It's not just me trying to yeah. excavate what yeah. happened in your bunkerhood. Yeah. How did you and your friends deal with, because I would imagine in some ways it was harder then, because today, at the end of the day, the Rebbe's not here, so a bunker can imagine that he's making the Rebbe happy, right? But in those days, you're, you're so close to someone who is so tower, as such a towering figure, so much bigger than you, you feel small. How do you deal with that and still be a happy person, right? I have a little bit of a, a, a an advantage in this that I have um, predisposed to being pretty happy. <laughs> Maybe because I was the youngest in my family, and even uh, you know, even when I'm disappointed in myself, it, it usually doesn't get me down for for a long a, a, any longer than a short period of time. But were you the an one, outlier in your class? Were you like this weirdo who was happy and everybody else was depressed? No, everybody was pretty besimcha with the Rebbe Simcha. I don't know, we used to dance a lot, and we used to fabric a lot. You yeah, there know? you go, so it wasn't just So you. No, 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 there was a lot of happiness. There were some people that were, were pretty tense in, in this in the, because of this also. You know, not tense where they were crazy nervous, but they just felt a certain tenseness like, you know. Heavy. Can't they, waste, yeah. He heavy. Yeah, so, so if a person can not waste a second and keep it up, and it's in their personality. And, you know, I had a friend who would go to bed 11 o'clock every night, and he woke up 6 in the morning, and he studied 12, 14 hours a day, and he didn't want to waste a minute, and he was pretty well adjusted, and now he's married, he's a shliach, and he has kids. Uh, that worked for him. There were others where, um, you know, we just had to figure out ourselves. I, I, I like that Dan Hollis today. It's not that they're not telling Bachram to go to movies to relax or to go, you know, go do some sports once a day. That that's excellent. You know, so we we never to us to go. You know, of course, when I was in seventh grade, I used to play football outside. But to go play basketball in eleventh grade, you know, in Mulvade, it was not an option. It was like I'm not I'm not a I'm not a bum. I'm not going to go and play basketball. But and that's ridiculous. You know, go play tw twenty minutes. It's it's even better for learning the rest of the day. You know, go swimming for a half hour. I think in that way we've gained that. Even the tzidish yeshivas, it's not so much they're giving the bacham other options. They're saying look within the context of being able to be a chassid for 24 hours a day, it's not a stutter, you know, just like you take a break to take, you know, old Bachram take naps in the middle of the day, you know, for 20 minutes. So you'll go swimming for a half hour a day. It's right. So in that we didn't have that. The truth is we were very intense in that way. But again, it, it worked for most of us. It worked for most of us. We were, you know, I'll tell you. There was no it, sense of inadequacy of like, of, of, Oh sure, sure there was. I remember. I mean, you know, the, the, you know there was up here <laughs> no, no, talking no about talking about. I mean, I and especially young people. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I'm now that you're uh, you're jarring my memory. I remember when Shredish Kislev, we were sitting in Fabringen with the, the staff of Alteira. Everybody had some machayim. Just right. Yeah, yeah. We were Fabringen with the with our yeshiva, the staff of Alteira. I was probably sixteen, and of course, there was a certain intensity. Exactly the feelings you had. So I remember I was speaking to by the Fabrengen. It was already, you know, it was after some lachayim, and it was already, it was already like three in the morning, and I expressed some of these frustrations that you expressed. And Efraim Pekarski was our manal said, you know, you're sitting in the stands in Yankee Stadium, and uh, the Yankees won a World Series, 
And you're sitting there and saying, but wait a second, my shirt, my shirt just tore. <laughs> he said, you know, Trishkedish Kislev, the Rebbe's healthy. <laughs> Forget your issues. That's one way of they dealt with it. And, but, and I don't, but I don't like that answer. I don't know if it, do you if like it's that not answer? acute, it, it works if it's not chronic or acute. If it's, and it probably wasn't that deep in me. Um, do I like it? It has its place. It's definitely not a full, it's, it's not the best way to well, address you're just, it. You're just pushing it all into the river. Right. It's like, I, I feel inadequate and it's like, right. just party. Just, just, just get above it. Yeah, it, it, it works. It works in some cases, but for sure it doesn't work. I think, to, in, I don't know, all members on the whole, many members on the whole today have, uh, are trained or, or realize the importance of being able to relate to each person where they are. Maybe because the Rebbe swept us all up, then Hullah just kept, you know, very general. If somebody had a specific problem, you know, I told you Pekarsky, what he told me, but if I bring it at two o'clock in the morning, but if I came to a member of the with a personal problem, they would give me the time of day. They would, but they weren't uh, proactively, uh, you know, they weren't, uh, yeah. Pinya was the one person, his job was to call you over once every, every few, like, what would I tell Pinya? Vigatus, how's it going? Baruch Hashem. You learning? Yeah. You feel you can learn more, yeah? You davening? You know, keep it up, <laughs> whatever, or, or, or L's here. I mean, I, I guess... There, I was, guess... there wasn't a, such a personal yachas between Dan Hala and the Bacham unless you really, really asked for it. So you're saying, you're saying today that Dan Hala has to be more aware of the Bacham and can't just rely on the, on the, on the, on the tide mm -hmm. lifting up all Correct. boats. Well said. But so, so so to make the to make the, the question a little bit sharper, a few more minutes, to make the question a little bit sharper, you know, it wasn't just Bachrim dealing with the Rebbe's Hayrois, it was also American boys dealing with dealing with dealing with like did you feel at all that you know Lubavitch not just the Rebbe, but but the Alter Chassidim and, and and the stories of Lubavitch from Amol and um, you know what Amol was like and you have these Chassidim that talk about Amol in the old Tehritmim and and back then and back then I'm sure there was I'm sure there was a back then back then as well of right course. of course you know and you're here in America did you ever feel like you're not talking our language you're not talking our language like like this is not this is not us like. You know, this big, these big that's just not who we are, or? Well, the, that's another very good question. So we had Alter Chassidim around, and Mendel, and many others. I mean, not as many as there were, you know, 15, 20 years ago when Ben Shemta was alive, or Shemul or whatever, but uh, we had uh, many Alter Chassidim. Um, most of them, I probably, we, I probably even... Again, I was considered Chassidish Shabbach. I probably had trouble relating to a lot of what they were saying as an American, as one I liked a little bit sports and whatever. Now, Mendel had a certain, first of all, he was so, he was such a celebrity for, for, for all the right reasons. And he had, he was so warm. He could tell a joke and he could, uh, and he can, uh, he, he, he always, he, he really captured our imagination a little bit. But many of the old Chassidim, not as if we, we didn't irritate us, but yeah, we felt like it's you know, you're not talking to us to some extent. You ask me the question, I'm give you an honest answer. I'm not but, surprised. I'm not surprised by that. Right, so it was those days already then, and they were they were they were very good people. They were sincere. They were not speaking down to us. They were speaking because from their experiences, what they went through. And I I, I realized if I went to yeshiva today and I started speaking, very possible I won't relate to with the bacharmar, and because they're they're 
And that's what Danhola's job is to to really know where the Bachim are on the one hand and to lift them up. Yeah. So how did you deal how did you deal with that as a Bachar growing up? How did how did you deal with that like where there's this almost like they're Lubavitchers, they're the Elta Chassidim, they're 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 like they're sitting behind their bed fabrian or maybe that that was the thing, they're sitting, they're not standing, <laughs> they're for puzzle. No, but I, I don't I don't suspect you of that kind of nonsense, but no. But yeah, they're the white beards sitting by the Rebbe, right? And they're gizim da'acheretz and and so on. But they're not talking my language. Like, right. was, there, was there a question of, maybe you didn't think of it in terms of identity because the world wasn't yet so engrossed in, in the, these questions. But do you was there, ever, was there a feeling of like, like, you know, like what yeah, some of, of it that some of it we looked up to them for good reason. We knew that they, what they had done, the, the path they paved before us. Really, you know, it's somebody like Rapinia. You know, Rapinia was a very important uh, person in my life. I had many years that I think that I could relate to Rapinia. He could relate to me. He was in a different world. But I know he cared. And for many years, I, I, you know, I definitely gained from him, um, even though he it was in a different way. You know, like Rabiel, you can gain the actual Titan and the Mendel, the actual the giving over the message. But Rapinia was like uh, a Dugmachaya, you know. Right. But I didn't think he could relate to me personally. You know, I heard that at the end of his life, by the way, he used to stop guys who were like, uh, for lack of a better word, a little bit Lubavitch light and invite him into his house. And he, uh, his last 10 years of his life, he started relating suddenly to all kinds of younger people. And, and, and you know what? Because he was a real, you know, a real chassid. But uh, I didn't think he could relate to me. But it didn't, uh, I can't say it bothered me. Some of the other chassidim, they were, they were who they were. And, and, the Rebbe lifted us up. Some of it we had pride, like, you know, they're better than us in some ways, and we're Deir Ashvi, you know what? They don't know how to do with Saim. We know how to do with Saim, you know? We could get three Karkaftas in Fifth Avenue Manhattan. They can do it, you know, most of them. Are they? So it's a, mix, a mix of both. It's not that we... Yeah, a lot of them we, we, we couldn't relate to, and some we were able to, and some we looked up to, to the extent, you know, even if we didn't. So, so, so they, the, many of them didn't speak our language even then. So let's put it that way. Does that does that give you does that give you looking back now that we're like, to, to 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 bring it back full circle? Looking back and seeing how when you were growing up in seven seventy, there was already then a different kind of divide or or or, or distance between. The Lubavitch that you were experiencing and how you, the Lubavitch that you were living, and the Lubavitch sure that you were, and these older Chassidim with a whole different experience and a different world that they came from, and you had that back then. Does that and, and bringing that forward to now your son's in seven seventy and he's experiencing a Lubavitch that's at least as different to yours as yours was to theirs. You could say it's more different, it's less different. I don't think that's the question here. Does it give you hope that just like you were, does it just like you were able to figure it out for yourself, he'll be able to figure it out for himself? And I'm not talking specifically about him, but you know his his friends and and the people growing up now. Or does it make you a bit scared that that all the time there's constantly something changing? And and today, well, of course the problem that. The, the the bigger challenge that we have is that we don't have a Rebbe who is 
updating the program, so to speak, right? There isn't a new Miftsayim that he could do better than you, right? Everything that he has is something that you have as well, and he's, and he, but he's still, he's for sure in a different world. So does it give you comfort knowing that there's always been a level of change, or does it make you nervous how much change there always is? This is a, a question which um, I don't I haven't thought that much about. But um, yeah, there's a lot of change in, in the whole world. <clears throat> you know, I saw once, you know, the, the, the billboard, you know, the iPhone, the iPhone 8.0 changes everything again. You know, the, the world's changing. Lubavitch is changing. Everything is changing very fast now. But, uh, you know, besides the fact that the principles are the same, um, I don't know if I, I thought about getting hope from our situation, but yeah, we were very different than the old Chassidim. But it could be then again, we had the Rebbe in, in a Guf Gashmi face-to-face who really picked us up. The Rebbe really carried us all on his shoulders. But we believe that the Rebbe is, uh, uh, is, is you see it, the Rebbe is inspiring these Bachram in a very real way. And within their changes, and they have their friends and their their groups. And if they're searching for for the identity of Chabad and they're searching for the Rebbe, they'll find it. And they'll find it in their own way. And the fact that there's no new Mifzayim and no new Sichas, because it's all within the same principles anyway. The principles never changed by the Rebbe, just the, the manifestations. and the, So it's within those principles, and you see very many groups of Bachim who are very different. Forget about the divide between uh, my generation and them. Within the, within the groups today, they're very different, a lot of them. And many of them are finding a real path, a path to what Lubavitch is, a path to their relationship with the Rebbe, and they're not all the same like we spoke about before, you know. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I, 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 I think it's not a, that's not that's not the, the biggest issue. You know, there is a there is a very strong wave from Elam Haza and uh, and uh, Elam Haza being in front of us, social media and and everything that comes with it. That's a big challenge. There is there are also additional challenges, but the fact that things change as far as you know Lubavitch, that the old Chassidim today were pretty bad if uh, in a few years I'm going to be the older Hasid and I does, and I was by the Mendel that is a little scary no really I was going to ask you does that and, and my friends you? and I, yes yes but somehow the talk about that through. a little bit no that's a good point and I, and I, lo- I love my friends and some of them are your relatives and I look up to them but that we're going to be you know the Mendel and the, and the Nissen and the Ben Shemtiv it's like uh, it, because in, you know or, or who yeah, that 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 uh, I'm glad Mashiach is coming for many many reasons. <laughs> Not the least of that is that, but that's why you know. Look, Chasson Golos goes any longer. We have a lot a lot of challenges. I know we have, we're talking about we have to prepare every day for the Aveda of the future, but um, this is all heading towards uh, Gola redemption with Mashiach. But give me yeah. give me a reason for hope that doesn't involve. They should bring Mashiach. I mean, well, <laughs> I, no, no, because no, because I, that's not a Lubavitcher question. No, you're, you're saying it's you, a Lubavitcher question. You're saying like this, okay? If, if we saw what happened between eighty years ago and forty years ago and forty years ago and twenty years ago, and here's where we are now, so we need to ask ourselves, what's going to happen in twenty years? Because that's the way of Torah. Yeah. Of course, of course, you, you Mashiach is mortgage, coming. Right. The more you know, the, we can get ourselves psyched up about Mashiach. That we spoke about learning in Yanni Mashiach Gula, which also has many different manifestations. You know. One time, and I can't say I was. I'm definitely. Uh, I definitely need the strengthening and encouragement and 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 uh, this. And one time, one year, I read through Rabbi Galitsky's essays. 
his essays in his Sefer, Yemei Sefer. I love Balaka. that Sefer. Yeah. I love it. And you know what? And, and you, you, it's, 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 it's on the one hand, it's very substantive, it's pilpul, but it's very readable. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got, you know, it started, uh, it started resonating with me more. This Devin is happening. Noted, Devin Nuri was talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, well, it's just, it's, okay, it's, so it's, let's, it's let's a, talk about like this. It's a realization that, that, these are real topics that have been discussed for thousands of years in detail. Yes. And it makes it just yes. for the fact that your yes. mind has to deal with all these other minds grappling with these questions. You're like, wait a second, this is a real thing. This is a real question. And well said. You have a great way of expressing. That's a great way of expressing it. Right. Um, right. Because he brings, of course, from all the shiles to Chumas from different yeah. ways. With their, right. And, and, and that really um, complements the Rebbe's focus on these same things. It's, it's excellent. All right, and there's many other ways of getting inspired. There's some people get inspired straight from the Sichus and Nalas and Bays. That's great, and and you know, indeed, you know, I I actually saw the uh, I guess this is on the record, but okay, it's not easy for me to get up and say that the Rebbe said in Pasha Shaftim that we have a Navi in our generation. I've said it in other words; it doesn't come to me so easy. But I tell you, when I saw recently the actual Hagar, you know, the Rebbe editing the Sichus, that Sichus. The Rebbe making changes and leaving that, you know, almost every paragraph had changes and that paragraph, the Rebbe just leaving it, you know, it has, has an effect. But to answer your question, somehow the Rebbe managed to work through the difference of the older Pesidim, of, of when it was all the great, all the great older Pesidim that we had in, in the, the beginning of the Rebbe's Nasius, and then later, and then in my days, and then after Gimel Tamas, and where we are today, where it can't compare the older Pesidim today. And somehow, the, on the positive, all the positive things going on, the Rebbe is working through them, and the Rebbe empowers us. Every person can get a Rav and a Mashpia, and and that could be for him that link. It's it's the Rebbe worked through this issue. So, uh, in twenty years from now, and of course we'll be then in Yerushalayim in a long time, Mashiach, the Rebbe is going to have to work through us. But you know what? Uh, who will be the Zaydi of our children? Yeah, we. It, it's time to grow. It's time for myself and my uh, generation to grow up. Yeah, in other words, we have to take. Um, First of all, there is a lot of that. You know, people today. I mean, who who be the age of your children? The answer is you. That's what I mean. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. That's and, right. And you're you're not going to miraculously change into a different person. Right. Right. And my guess is that those older chassidim, they probably had similar fears. Also, they probably had similar like, wait a second, we're now the white I'm beards, sure. right? We're now the white beards. Like Mendel Futterfass was a young man once upon a time too, As and a businessman. Yeah, <laughs> he was a he was a business. He was a very savvy, very savvy. And he comes from a family of businessmen. I mean, he, his father passed away before he was born, but you know, I, his his mother apparently was a very a very savvy woman. Right. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm sure one day they're like, "Wait a second, we're we're the big chassidim, and and I'm the guy, and I'm the I'm the mashpia, like I'm the man." And I think they even had to. F- uh, convince him to go be a mashpi and cry about it. I was like, what, what in the ever world? chose somebody from out of the system? What in the <laughs> world? Like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the guy. Take over the Shlomo Yeah, like, like what was <laughs> this, right? And so, like, it, that there, there's only one answer. You know what? The question is how? How? What is the hopeful answer? What gives? What? How can we be hopeful about that? I'm not saying not to believe Mashiach coming, but. We cannot be selectively believing Mashiach coming for the things that scare us the most. You know, like, you hear people say, if Mashiach doesn't come, it's usually right before Tisha B'Av. You know, 
or or Gimel Tammuz, but not before the day of their Hanukkah Sabayas, their ten million dollar Chabad house. Right? They don't say that. that when can, the money's in the bank already, he yeah, can yeah, come the day yeah. after that. But so I, 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 I'm poking a little bit of fun. But I mean, right. we cannot just when things get a little bit scary, all of a sudden say Mashiach is going to come. Yes, Mashiach will hopefully come, but with without without relying on that. Um, what is the hopeful? I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add one thing, and we're getting to the end of our conversation. Uh, just giving a little bit of historical perspective. You you went on shlichus, and some people learned a little bit, had more time, had less time. You know that it was said you should learn. I think uh, in the last thirty years, many many shluchim know they take to have chavrusas much more than before to have chavrusas. And if you look like what we talk about on our WhatsApp groups. It's not only, I'm all, of course, you, if you have a new story of the Rebbe, some inspiring story of, you know, these videos, you know, they're, they're great. But sometimes we ask very serious questions. I'll give you an example. We had the whole discussion on my uh, class WhatsApp group about Mamutza. What does it mean that Rebbe is a Mamutza based on a Sikha that people learned in Prashkot Sikhas? And it was a very real discussion. And people really got into it. They, they read the Sikha and they read the Terbiel and they thought about it. And these things happen not so infrequently. I think people are, are we're maturing with our own responsibilities and that we have to take hold of ourselves. We can't just get dragged along with the Aved of Lubavitch. I think much more than, I'm saying Shluchim and Anash also. Mm. Obviously, I'm speaking in generalities. People are learning more. People are thinking more. People are much more, than, in my mind, 30 years ago. That, 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 that's a hopeful way to end the conversation. Mm -hmm. Ho hopefully... This conversation yeah. will be a small part of that. And again, okay. thank you very much sure. for doing Sure, Betsy, come back in the winter. <laughs> it's a lot oh, better. <laughs> I, I, I grew up in Hong Kong. This weather makes it's me feel right at, oh, home, yeah. right at home. Right at home. All right. All right. See you The music for this podcast comes from the album Repentance Doors by Oren Sor Nadav Bachar and is used with their permission. <laughs>